1: Coming to you live from the Great Hall in Toronto, Canada, it's Long Night with Fish Khanna. Tonight, Fish welcomes Denise Donlin, Sandy Miranda of Fucked Up, and April Aliermo of Hooded Fang. Your house band is The Bicycles. My name is James Keast, and here's your host, Fish Khanna.
2: Welcome to Long Night, everyone. My name's Vish, I'm your host, and this is James Keast, and this is The Bicycles. How about a hand for the people? How you doing? I'm well, how are you? Good, it's nice to have you on the show. I'm excited about the show tonight. You're kind of always on the show. You're you're the sidekick.
1: I'm sometimes on the show.
2: You're sometimes on the show, yeah. It's good to have you here. I'm often nearby. You're nearby, you're the sidekick. I'm lurking. Do you have a favorite uh, sidekick?
1: The definition is tricky because, uh, I don't know, like... Because Paul Schaefer wasn't really a sidekick, but uh-huh. I feel like Questlove is a sidekick, and they kind of did the same. It was just like the band leader that you talk to. You think
2: Questlove as the band leader chatting I think with Questlove
1: serves the role of the sidekick?
2: Oh, I see. On that show, right? But he's also the band leader. Yes. Whereas Johnny Carson, Johnny had Ed Ed, Ed and Doc Severinsen. That's Senator... true. These are hip references that we're <laughs> breaking out right now. What is, the, What do people think of Jack Parr? Anybody? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got a nice round of applause there for uh, Jack Parr. Yeah. We have a, a great show tonight. Uh, one of our guests is Denise Donlin, which is super exciting. And uh, it means a great deal to me because when I was a kid, I would watch much music like eight, nine, ten hours a day. My parents weren't very good. And uh, <laughs> no, they were great. It was weird. I would come, I would watch much music, but then I would also watch. Uh, Cheers and Night Court and The Simpsons when I was like twelve. So just my dad would come home and there's like hookers and like drunks, not in the house on the TV, and uh, it was weird. But Denise was amazing. Uh, It was was, it's such a thrill to have her on the show. And uh, I mean, you do do you know Denise at all? Did you ever come? Uh, We've we've had some uh,
1: some interactions over the years. Uh, mostly from me just compulsively watching new music.
2: You used to watch much
1: music. Yeah, And, yeah. The, and the new music, And the yeah. new music
2: in particular was yeah. one of my favourites. Any other connections?
1: Uh, well, actually, my uncle was uh, an entertainment journalist. His name was John Burgess. Uh, and he worked at City TV as well as Canada AM. And he wrote a column for the Toronto Star. And, and so uh, when he was at City... Uh, he actually arranged for me to, when I was a uh, young pup moving, had moved to Toronto, pen in hand to make my way as yeah, a writer in yeah, the big city. Yeah. And uh, he actually arranged uh, for Denise and I to have a little sit down and uh, and she doesn't, she doesn't remember. How, but, uh, wait a minute, so how old were you? I was like 23 or 24. Oh, and wow. and uh, just really, uh, I, I remember really distinctly, but just really helped me kind of focus in terms of like, this is what I want to be doing, and and the vague, like, I'd like to work in music somehow. Uh, She really helped in terms of, like,
2: no, you can't, you know. And now you're the editor-in-chief of Exclaim magazine. That's true. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. At that time, was it unusual for you to encounter a woman in a position like Denise's at that time?
1: Uh, I'm not sure how many people I had encountered in positions of, of right. power and authority right. um, but uh, you know I mean uh, I, I don't I don't remember thinking it was unusual but uh, I certainly remember um, you know the new music I think is one of the primary things that made me want to be a music journalist
2: right yeah me so. me too all that stuff has informed me and now I'm just scraping by
3: <laughs> you, I put, you're on I, TV I a put, show I invested everything
2: television. in music and then Even much music took music out of their name. Like They were just like, no, no more music. It's not good. It's not going to do anything. Well, they were going to go with less music, and they they thought it
1: was not catchy.
2: Yeah. Anyway, the theme of today's episode is uh, do women thrive in music, and uh, I appreciate your insights here, James. I thought we would go to the audience and play uh, a new game that we have on the show, a game called the three-second rule. People joining us here, hello. Very cautiously, come on in here. Just, you guys on some Ritalin or something? What's going on? Amp it up just a little bit here. Hi, Hi. what's your name? Laura. Laura. Nice to meet you. It's you. Matt. Matt. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for being on the show. So I want to explain the rules to our game. You each will answer the same question in sequence, one after another, and you only have three seconds to answer the question. The clock starts once I yell, go. Right after I ask the question, I'm going to ask the question, I'm going to yell, go, then you go. And if you don't answer anything, I'm going to just yell, next, and then we move on to Matt. And uh, yeah, that's how we play. We're going to do two rounds of the game. Are you ready? Yep. Do you understand the rules? Because I barely understood them and I said them.
3: I feel like this really represents the music industry. You one shot,
2: one opportunity. Right, like the song by Eminem. He
3: got it.
2: Yeah, I got it. Yeah, like the eight mile song. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, Are you ready for ready. the? Okay. All right, here's the first question. Who is currently your favorite female musician in the world? Go.
3: Duh, Brittany Howard.
2: Brittany Howard. Okay, that's an answer. You. St. Vincent. St. Vincent. Great answer. How about a hand for St. Vincent? <laughs> Brittany Howard doesn't get a hand. I don't know. Should I have? Alabama Shakes. Oh, yeah. Alabama Shakes. Brittany Howard. Yeah, that's a good answer, too. <laughs> I like St. Vincent a lot. I like Alabama Shakes a lot. Okay, sorry. Yeah. You know who is on the cover of Exclaim? Both, uh, of, both them. of them. Both of them, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, good. Those were good answers. That came to you quickly. All right, let's move on to the next round. Are you ready? You ready?
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Who is currently your favorite female music executive in the world? Go. No, next. (laughs) Uh, Jessica Hopper. Yeah, that counts, actually. (laughs) I'm surprised. That was good, Matt. Okay, very good. What, what, what do you know about Jessica Hopper? Who is she? Uh, she's a music journalist uh, from Chicago. She published a book last year. Uh, I'm going to blank on the title. Uh, uh, first Book of Criticism by a Living Female Rock Critic, I that's think that's right. That was very good. Okay, that's the game. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that was interesting. Did you notice that Laura didn't know a female music executive? And yet Matt did? Why am I explaining something I that just happened yeah. to you? But that's, that it. might be telling in some ways, don't you think? It's certainly telling. I think it is. Well, we're gonna discuss whether or not women are thriving uh, in the music business with tonight's panelists, Sandy Miranda of Fucked Up, April Alirmo of Hooded Fang, and iconic Canadian media personality Denise Donlan. We're gonna take a short break, and when we return, Denise Donlan will be here, so don't don't touch that dial. <laughs> Promotional consideration provided by Long and McQuaid Musical Instruments, serving musicians in Canada since 1956, with 75 locations from coast to coast. Visit long-mcQuaid.com for info on cities, stores, and services. Welcome back to Long Night. Our first guest is one of Canada's most successful broadcasters and corporate executives. She's been a host, producer, and senior manager at Much Music and City TV, the president of Sony Music Canada, and an executive director of CBC English Radio. House of Anansi just published her compelling new memoir. I have it right here. It's called Fearless as Possible Under the Circumstances. We're thrilled that she's joining us tonight. So please say hello to Denise (laughs) Donlin. Hi. Are
3: you going to refer to that?
2: Yeah, I thought I would do a reading halfway okay. through our interview. Okay, great. Can you do it? Why don't well, you, sure. you? want to read a section a of, the, of the book? It's great. <laughs> this is a great book, and I know people have read it. I talked to some people in the audience, and Thank everyone's you. enjoying it, and they're sharing it around. Congratulations on this.
3: Thank you very much.
2: You know, I was, we were saying that I used to watch you. On TV, yeah, on TV. On I want to. I want to explain. Where there was a dial. Yeah, that's dial. <laughs> right. And it was great. I mean, I loved much music. And uh, I was thinking about this dynamic. Are you ever? Do you ever like miss? Interviewing people because you interviewed amazing people.
3: Yeah, I did. I think I did almost a thousand interviews, which was quite a trial, right? To try and figure out what to put in the book. Right. Um, you know what? I love. I always hated being on camera. I love doing the research though, and you know that moment when you actually do your homework and the artist is in a good mood and you sit down and you connect with them and you can go off script and go where they want to go and have a real conversation. That was pretty magic. Yeah. But do I miss the actual? Journalism, um, you know, and I think there's a need for journalists in this day and age more than ever before. Right. I mean, we need investigative journalism, fact checkers, yeah. this alternative fact, fake news nonsense has got to stop, yeah. and, uh, and it's really up to journalists and people, right? Because never before have people had so many tools at their fingertips yeah. to state their opinion and galvanize action and stand up for what you believe, right. and uh, we need that right now, so... Nice. Go for it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you uh, you mentioned you didn't really like being on camera. Where does no, that hated st- being on camera. Where does that stem from?
3: It just, I don't know, just horribly self conscious. Hmm. You know, that we were talking earlier about the imposter syndrome, just like, you know, someone's gonna find out I don't know what I'm doing.
2: Are you talking so, about yeah. me right now? No, just,
3: no just not all at thinly all. veiled all. No, I was actually quite impressed. You're very, you know. Oh, wow. You're very smooth, you're funny, you make your people feel at ease. You know, oh,
2: thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well that's uh that's it for me. Good night, everyone. <laughs> I
3: think that's the show. I think I accomplished it. And the hair my... too is fantastic. You like the hair. I'm just saying, yeah.
2: Okay, thank you. Because he, James, you're not a big fan of my hair right now. Let's let's come clean.
3: Well, I, uh, you know. And you're having a peak beard moment, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thank you.
2: Now, do uh, you, do we, James had this amazing story about meeting you when he was a young man. Any recollection of this? Well,
3: I, you know what, I did really like to take a lot of time and talk to young people who were, you know, that wanted to be journalists, that want to be in the business. So I don't remember you.
1: No, no, I, I honestly, like, I couldn't even describe how busy you seemed. <laughs>
3: no, and I was busy. so
1: grateful that you took 15 minutes. And it honestly, like, really helped me
3: oh, well, I'm glad. focus That's and, right. and really. But I remember your uncle so well, John Burgess. Oh, he was a god. He was the arts beat scene. You have his stature. He was about 6'5", five. We too, we, right? uh,
1: we do resemble him. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he had a big bow tie. He was fantastic. So Love, what,
2: what kind of advice did Denise give you? Because I think a lot of people look at Denise as a mentor, you know, as a, a figure who's accomplished a lot. Do you remember what kind uh, of practical I, advice? I, I think that I, you know, as I said,
1: I'd sort of like had this vague idea of being a writer and I, I hadn't quite, uh, I would later sort of realize like the difference between being a writer and being an editor and what, uh, where my skill set Lent itself, but I—I th- I think I had this idea that I was going to walk into Much Music, and you were just going to go, "Great, well join the team." That's
2: normally what happened. That did seem to be. <laughs>
1: then, uh, that did seem to be what happened. And then it you sort of—I yeah. th- I think you sort of said it doesn't really seem like you're that interested in working in television.
3: Oh, did I?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. And I, wow, and but- I sort of went, maybe, maybe I don't.
3: But hmm. now you're a long-standing editor of a fabulous magazine, so what Plus could be Plus a TV show you know? sidekick. Yeah. Right? At, and that too, right?
1: I at, have a question related to that.
3: Multidisciplinary, yes? Uh,
1: because I think what I realized was that my passion was magazines. Mm. And I think if circumstances had changed over the course of my 23, 24 years at Exclaim, that instead of going to work more in the music industry i would work at a magazine mm. so for you when you did you go into broadcasting because you were keen on becoming and working in broadcasting or was it the music so
3: i was i started as a concert buyer at the university of waterloo so i booked all the concerts and put on all the shows and you know just figured it out, like, no, you know, find an agent, yellow pages, like, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And then I moved to Vancouver and I went on the road, you know, uh, I was a publicist, I went on the road with, uh, you know, heavy metal bands, the White Snakes slided in Tour 84 of Europe. There's a, yeah, yeah. that chapter's called The Feminist Compromise in the book. And um, so much music had been on the air for two years when I was in Vancouver, and so I wanted to get my bands on their air, so whenever they sent cameras, or camera, it was only one guy ever, across the country, I'd try and get my uh, my bands on their air, and then they asked me to be the rock flash host, and I knew nothing about it. I was six foot one, and I had a terrible lisp and big rock hair, and I was the most unlikely choice, but what they said, John Martin at the time, he said, you know what, we don't care that you have no experience, I can teach you the TV part. But I can't teach you curiosity, and I can't teach you what you already know, which is a lot about the music business at the time. So he threw me on the air.
2: There's something about scrappy platforms that actually yields amazing content, isn't there?
3: Yeah, Yeah. You're
2: free to experiment. There's no stakes, it seems, and you end up doing amazing things. That's not necessarily the case for this show. But <laughs> yes. in a lot of scrappy enterprises, yeah. that's where the real innovation happens. Well, it? and
3: everybody at Much was making it up as we went along. I mean, I, in the book, I t- talk about my first three days at Much Music yeah. where he told me just to perch and watch what was going on and it was bedlam. <laughs> like, it was, you know, you saw what you saw in the air, but like there was lights falling out of the sky and people crawling over dust and stealing furniture and smoking. It was just like, it was madness yeah, in there. Yeah. Total madness.
2: Well, your book has some madness in it there's I think. some madness yeah you uh you know I was reading the book I was amazed by the detail oh. uh within these anecdotes it seemed to me like you were someone who might have been chronicling their life because there's such amazing detail about you working at a diner and learning about human behavior yeah and like you're there saying there
3: is no better teacher than working in the service industry yeah. about people yeah so true. when what I'd hire anybody. If they said waitress for seven years, I'd be like, that person knows how to multitask. Bring them on. Why
2: is that? What is it about the job?
3: About being a waitress? Well, because you're handling everything. You're dealing with cranky people. Why are you pointing at me? I didn't do anything. You're dealing with cranky people. Right, sure. And, you know, maybe there's a cranky chef in the back and it's full on and the tables are a mess and somebody's at the cash and somebody's running out without paying and you got to call the cops. Like, everything's going on at the same time. So if you can handle all that stuff at the same time, then chances are you're going to be pretty good at whatever anybody throws at you. And that's the kind of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed employees you want.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you've clearly been... reflecting upon things in your life uh, (laughs) lately. What prompted you to actually write this book?
3: Well, I was asked, so and I'm just a girl that can't say no, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just... I led with my ego, really. The publisher asked me to write a book, and, and I was like, of course I should write a book. And I thought I would just write a whack of celebrity stories down, like funny stories or stories that taught me something. But I, as I wrote, I realized that that wasn't enough. And so I started to write more about leadership, about being a woman in male-dominated industries yeah. in very turbulent times, about, you know, humanitarianism, about about, um, you know, feminism. And so it became more thematically oriented. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, you've called the book Fearless as Possible Under the Circumstances, which is a, a phrase you kind of took from a Peter Zosky. Peter
3: Zosky. He was a dear friend. I was allowed to steal it. Yep.
2: Right, and they did a contest about... Someone came up with... Uh, The the motto for Canada is as Canadian as possible under the circumstances. Right. Right. So Peter,
3: it was 1972, and he did the first contest, I think, on radio. Right. And he wanted to find a Canadian simile to the American expression as American as apple pie. Right. So he asked his listeners, and people were like, as Canadian as hockey, as Canadian as you know maple syrup, as Canadian as Baker." somebody actually said. Right. But um, the winner was a young girl from Sarnia who said, as Canadian as possible under the circumstances. And Peter framed it and put it up in his wall. And, and first I thought it was just goofy. Yeah. And then the more I thought about it, the more, you know, the times I was put into circumstances which were way over my head. And I had to just figure it out and go for it, it's kind of felt like it should be the title. But
2: does that fearlessness uh, imply just, you know, that of a young person in over their head, or was it because you felt fearless as a a woman in this industry?
3: Well, you had to be fearless as a woman, and you still do as a woman in this industry. I mean, the stats for women you know, and I mean, 5% of women run f- Fortune 500 companies, you know, 12% of uh, women, or 12% of board members are women. We're still being paid 73 cents on the dollar. Like, it's, it's re- crazy, right? So you have to, I mean, one of the phrases I use in there is, is the, what they said about Ginger Rogers when she danced with Fred Astaire, right? She had to do everything Fred Astaire did, except she had to do it backwards and in high heels. And it's true. We still, sadly, have to work harder and fight and prepare more and just to sort of get to that same spot.
2: All right. Well, this is is a good point, and it's it's a great book, and we're going to talk more about it. We have to take a little break. When we return, we'll be uh, joined by Sandy Miranda of the band Fucked Up and April Aliermo of Hooded Fang. I'm having a thing... More to come with Denise Donlin. Thank you very much, producer at heart. More to come with Denise Donlin. We'll see you in a bit. Promotional consideration for Long Night provided by Encore Records, my surrogate home as a child. It's based in Kitchener, Ontario. Visit EncoreRecords.ca for more information. We are back here on Long Night with our guest, Denise Donlan. And uh, she is a liver of an amazing life, I think, which is chronicled in her new memoir, Fearless as Possible, Under the Circumstances. We're discussing... Yeah, I just talked about your liver on the TV. We're discussing the status of women in the music industry and are joined now by uh, two people with thoughts uh, about this topic. Sandy Miranda is in the popular and awesome... Toronto band fucked up. Yeah. And April Aliermo is the in an excellent noise rock band called Hooded Fang. Please welcome Sandy and April. Yeah. It is
4: now, yeah. oh.
2: April, how are you?
4: I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's nice and to see you. All of us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sandy, how are you? I'm been well. Really good. What? I'm great.
2: Thank you. She was complimenting my hair, and I deferred to you, but thank you for saying my hair looks nice. You look great, too. Thank you. Are you happy with your hair?
4: <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm really comfortable with it.
2: No, it's nice. I, I think it's great. Now, you two are interesting uh, for many reasons, but you're both... Is that a special thing that the bass people do? Yes, yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. sorry you
4: had to see that. It's secret.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you're both in bands uh, that are otherwise comprised of dudes. That's interesting on some level. Yeah. yeah, can you talk, each of you, about that dynamic and, and how that plays out for you? Like, is it, is it cool playing with, with just dudes and traveling with them and stuff, April?
4: Um, what's cool about playing with a lot of dudes? is that you end up touring with a lot of dudes because all the other bands in rock are dudes and then you get the pick of the litter. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty awesome.
2: Okay. And then, uh, I
4: mean, there's pros and cons to everything in everything that you do. So that is like a definite pro. The, (laughs) the, okay.
2: Uh, Pick of the pound kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Pick of the
4: pound for sure. You learn a, a lot about yourself and the world and how you want to do
2: things. It builds character. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Sandy, what's your experience been like?
5: Well, I um, guess well, Fucked Up's been around for 16 years now. Yeah. Um, And being with the guys, I mean, at this point, they're like my brothers, you know. Um, but I find that if we get a lot of work done. Like, there are no doubts. You know, if, if if an idea happens, it happens. You know, there there's no pause or... or Dao on, but um, I don't know. It's it's been cool. You know, sometimes it's been difficult because communication is uh, usually the struggle I find with groups of men. But um, that's just you know, just gotta keep on it and keep uh, you know voicing what you want.
2: We're we're these are sort of borderline stereotypes, right, about men being uncommunicative and it's difficult to get them doing. But what you're saying is they're true. <laughs>
3: We're
4: all true all the time. We try to be, right?
2: I don't know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? We're all true all the time, but we try to be. I mean, Actually, I think I know what that means.
4: I think that being on the road with guys, like it makes me in tune with my um, masculine self. But then it also allows me to assert my feminine self. You know, I'm getting like a little hippy-dippy here. but uh, I don't think that's
2: true. No, you It's true. It's true. We're all true to our. What would you say? You Truth. Like
4: hippie dippy self.
2: It's hippie dippy self. I think right. we all have I've it, got like it many too. selves. Yeah.
4: yeah. And um, I mean, part of being a woman in a band is is like a little bit annoying because you have to constantly assert yourself. Hmm. I'm not just like a bass player playing like the wickedest bass line in like the most fastest punk way with like the sickest pedals ever. I'm like. constantly asserting myself as a woman not just a musician but like as a woman as a woman of color as a Filipino woman and I'm like okay I'm playing here and how am I going to use my position to elevate other women to elevate other Filipino women to Filipino people people of color how am I going to elevate my uh, peer um, you know community right you know, it's just like a...
2: You feel, you feel a responsibility in your role in a band like more so than maybe most, most people are like, I'm the drummer, I show up maybe and well, then Well, yeah, play the when you
4: say people, it's like straight white men and it's just like how many times does a man have to answer to how do you feel about your place of privilege? How do you feel about like being like a straight white man doing this? How, what do you do to... Be a really good feminist. How are you supporting the women around you? Right. You know? That's And pressure. that, like, the media never asks men, like, what are you doing to do, to change this? It's always like, what's your process? What's your feelings? We're
2: going to catch 22 on these these things these days because people are trying to help, so to speak, and try to address these things. Uh, but people who are actually experiencing such things are like, I have my own voice, I can speak. And then sometimes by talking about an issue like the one we're talking about today, we might, I don't know, maybe perpetuate the issue. Is that what you're kind of saying? Like, I'm ask- I've am i asked you here to be on the show to talk about something that I may not ask dudes to talk about, white dudes particularly. particular. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Well,
4: and I'm happy to talk about it because I do have that privilege to have that voice, but like... It would be nice to have a bunch of men being questioned about their their work in feminism, their work in homophobia, their work in, like, ending, like, discrimination, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I don't want to do the work all the time. I'm not getting extra pay for it. Right. You know?
2: That's a good point. I mean, the three of you are all working, uh, either working or have worked in a realm that is ostensibly more progressive than most, are you Sandy? Do you think Not that that really. right?
3: Not really more progressive.
2: But that's the perception, right?
3: Well, I don't know. It's like so. When I was president of Sony Music Canada, I was the only female president of a country in all of Sony Music International. So I would go to my international meetings, trying to learn the business, right? Yeah, yeah I know. At exactly the same time when the illegal file sharing happened, oh, right? right. Exa- I walked in exactly at that moment. So the business was crashing and burning. I was trying to learn it. And yet you'd go to these meetings with all the men. And what I learned, I mean, people would say, did you lean in, Denise? Were you leaning oh. in? Yeah, I lean right here. Oh I lean right in. I, you know, so I was leaning in so far, my feet were off the ground. Wow. And, and it's true, you get the question all the time, but at the same time, we actually do need to discuss the question because otherwise, people, they'll roll over it. And when you were talking about being your true self, you know, when you are outnumbered, right, you're the mm. only woman in the band, then you sometimes think you have to be something other than which you're not. Yeah. And that is also a waste of energy because if you are not your powerful, authentic self and fighting your own demons, yeah. then you're not doing yourself any favors and you're just weak. You become more weak. Okay. So you got to power up and yeah. fall on. Yeah, Even if it's uncomfortable sometimes. You must have been Absolutely. in situations where it's uncomfortable.
5: Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, there's five others in my band. So really, I... I like there are times where I'll I'll say what I want but I also want to keep the peace I'm very community minded I want everyone to feel like they could speak with each other so um, sometimes I sacrifice my own voice for that for the greater good.
2: Well Denise was just alluding to something that I hear when I speak with women in particular a lot uh, particularly women in bands where and in your cases it's a, a prime example of this you are the only women in a in a traveling van full of men, often I hear that it's really alienating, that it's very isolating to not have at least one other woman with you. Has that been the case for either of you? Do you feel isolated on the road?
5: Yeah, sometimes I do. Um, And I kind of sometimes stick to my own world on on the road. You know, I'll just listen to my podcast and kind of stare out the window and think. That's kind of what I do a lot. But recently we've had... um, you know, some girlfriends on the road with us either driving or doing merch. And those tours, I, I never cried once. So it really,
4: really helps to have at least one girl around. It does.
2: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
4: You know what? Like, I, I'm just going to say that my guys are like the sweetest, gentlest, feminist men ever. But as soon as they're like around a bunch of testosterone, it's like a fucking zoo, you know? And I'm like, where am I? But um, huh. it's it's like we take they're happy for me to like talk about my menstrual cycle, take another woman on the road, and that really helps. And I think that um, being in solidarity and communion with other female musicians like having things like Girls Rock Camp, She Shreds Magazine Tom Tom Meg, it really helps like uh, alleviate that isolation
2: There's something happening from all of these conversations, don't you think? Don't you think that there's something to the fact that these, something like Girls Rock Camp is popping up all over this country that's a marker of some progress, right? I mean you're not hopeless here, are you, any of you? But oh, we're not
3: hope- hopeless. Hopeless? No, God no.
2: You have hope that something can change and that change is happening.
3: Yeah, it's just not changing fast enough. Right. You know, I when I so when I was at Much Music it was the time of the Lilith Fair for example, right? right? And right. there was a lot of really powerful women Annie Lennox and uh, the uh, Madonna and then, you know Eve, there was a lot going on. And it wasn't until Sarah took the Lilith Fair on the road, that tour, the first tour, made $16 million, and it shattered two things for a minute. One of them was, it was widely held by radio programmers that if you played two women, two female voices back-to-back, you shouldn't do that because the audience will tune out. And also, concert promoters thought that if you put two women on the same stage, that it wouldn't sell tickets. And the Lilith Fair blew that out of the water, right. and yet it still receded. So you get these pops, you get these moments where there's more empowerment, there's more opportunity, and then it slides back. Right.
4: right. Go back. Yeah. Well,
3: um,
5: I think we need more women in leadership roles. You know, yeah. like uh, Girls rock, rock Camp is awesome because these young girls are learning that they can be on stage and perform and write songs, but if they're if 10, 20 years down the line, they're not being booked at festivals, then kind of what good is it? You know what I mean? So we, we need some more female bookers, female managers, female executives.
2: I agree. I, I agree. I, uh, I'm being told we have to take a break, so we're going to take a short break right now, uh, but we'll be back with more with these uh, people in just a moment. Stick around. promotional consideration is brought to you by sappy fest 12 taking place august 4th to 6th in the year 2017 in beautiful downtown sackville new brunswick music art culture and swamp magic visit sappyfest.com for more info We're back on Long Night and we have a, a bit of time left to discuss some stuff. You know, Denise has this amazing book that's on display now <laughs> called Fearless yeah. as yeah. Possible okay. Under the Circumstances. I guess I should, I should hold it up. There's the book. And, you know, it occurred to me that we briefly got into her trajectory, her journey, as, as it were, uh, today, but I didn't really get a chance to ask both of you how you uh, became compelled to, to start playing music and getting into music. Sandy, do you want to talk about that?
5: Well, um, when I was in high school, I was friends with some guys who were into pop punk, like no effects and stuff, and they needed a bass player. So I just uh, rented one and, and tried to you know, teach myself how to play Journey to the End to the East Bay by Rancid. So I told myself that, and then I played for a few years until I was kicked out because I didn't fit the skater, uh, the, punk, the skater punk image. Um, but then, you know, I helped the local punk label, Raw Energy Records, and then I did radio at CIUT, uh, Mods and Rockers for four years, and then fucked that was up.
2: A, like, people love that show, yeah. as I recall, yeah. Mods and Rockers, yeah.
5: That was fun, yeah. I, I did a zine back then. I was a total scene star back then. Just, I love talking to people, interviewing people, putting stuff together with the zine, and then and then fucked up started in 2001, and I was asked to play because Mike knew I played bass. Um, and the rest is history, I guess.
2: nice. Nice. That's good. That's great. That's amazing. Did you. Okay. And April, what about you?
4: I grew up in a... My parents are from the Philippines, and part of our culture is just, like, celebrating art and music to, like, the extreme maximum. So... Uh...
2: To the extreme maximum. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I grew
4: up, like, making dances up in the basement for my grandmother's birthdays oh. and, like... Yeah, like uh, That's the cute. first recording, which I have to find is on cassette, and it's of me as a four-year-old making a song up about naked ladies at a party and getting my sister to sing it. I didn't want to be part of it. But I was like making her sing it. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I grew up with my dad playing guitar and singing and my mom singing along, and it's just always been part of like life. And then uh, when I showed interest in Like, actually, like, playing in high school, my dad found the excuse to buy that Fender he always wanted. And then the rest was history. Nice. That's great. That's awesome.
2: You know, one of the things we touched upon here is uh, the roles that women are sometimes assigned in this industry. And uh, I was curious about that. Do you find that because you're women, certain tasks and responsibilities come your way? Uh, I know Sandy, you tend to do a lot of, Sandy, you tend to do a lot of,
5: well, in Fucked Up, we we don't have a manager, so we kind of do, we kind of break up responsibilities and it's not that management or accounting work was ever handed to me. I just kind of was like, well, no one else in my band is going to do this, so might as well take the responsibility. Um, and I'm, I feel grateful for having learned all of this business stuff because as, as Fucked Up grew slowly, so did my knowledge of, of how to manage all that. Um, but I am spending so much more time thinking about the business than the music, so now I'm trying to make a like more of an effort to to uh, kind of come back to music and, and hopefully we can give the, that work to someone else, because it is pretty draining, oh, you know, yeah. to think about the business, can the money. I
3: jump in there? Well, I have a comment just about the way the music business is today. So when I went to Sony Music, it was the year 2000, as I said, just at the beginning of the end, and it's just starting to recover now in 2016, and everybody thought that when the record companies you know, imploded that it would be a golden age for artists, right? All the middlemen would be cut out. Yeah. You could go direct to market. It would be a bouquet of options. There's all these tools at your fingertips. But this golden age never happened, right? The value, the value gap in terms of compensating creators. I mean, yeah, you get more exposure, but everybody could die of exposure. And all I'm seeing is artists who are now having to be hustlers, right? They're Their own yeah. distribution, their own consumer de- complaints department. They have to crowdsource and couch surf and I want the artists to be focusing on their art, on yeah. their craft. They want to spend, they should spend their ten thousand hours making music, and hopefully with people around them that can help support that music, rather than you know tweeting every five minutes in case your fans walk well,
2: off. but so like that, it, doesn't, it doesn't
3: hurt the true. It doesn't help mm-hmm. the music.
2: Yeah, it's true. I will say though. As musicians and music has become undervalued by everyone, mm. I think that infrastructure you're talking about has also taken a huge hit. The people that would normally have the resources to do all of that work that bands are now doing don't have jobs anymore. No. You know, And people are cutting those. We don't need publicity. The band will just... Do yeah. or not do an interview. I think we're in
3: a moment of time. I think it will catch up. I think the value that gap will close. A lot of musicians are certainly taking it on yeah. and talking to you know the Copyright Board and the legislators and all the rest of that stuff. Yeah. But in the meantime, we're we're not in a great time in terms. I mean, there's a crazy stat which was in 2006 there were 28,000 Canadian art, who identified as Canadian musicians as artists. Yeah. In the last 10 years, that number has been half because they can't eat, they can't make a living anymore. Yeah. We're, we'll get there, all these new opportunities are fantastic, right. but we're in a gap right now and I feel for people who are trying to make a living, you know, making great music and you just gotta have faith that uh, we'll get there and it, it'll be a time when, I mean, because Canada's an arts nation, right, we've always punched above our weight. We yeah. have made some of the best artists in the planet yeah. per capita yeah. Uh, we just got to make sure that they can put some food on the table and keep going.
2: It's a good point, and, I mean, it's a hopeful point. Uh, At this point, oh, yes, April?
4: Well, what I want to say about that whole, this whole, like, recent conversation, what I find very strange is, um, like, I don't want to stereotype, but uh, I do think that not, going back to what Sandy was saying, like, having women as executives and, uh, you know, label owners and people making decisions is... There needs to be a change in the way that we talk about music and business, and because um, there's still like a massive uh, gender power disparity, and mostly there's like men governing this industry, and basically every aspect in our world, yeah, there's a particular culture around business and talking about things and it's and 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 like some of my closest friends are men and I don't want to say that all men are like cold but in business it's it's like very cold and there's just like a certain level of I don't know it's just like music business
3: art and commerce those two things have to come together a little bit more
4: yeah and there's no heart in it and I think that women are more open to like being warm and heartful and like actually building meaningful relationships where like a lot of the times it's just not happening you know and I think that's part of the problem in our industry
2: it's well said thank you April I appreciate it I thank you all for being on my show and talking about this I I hope this was helpful in some way a little yes, bit. Yes,
3: very cathartic. <laughs>
2: Nothing more relaxing yeah, yeah. than being on this talk show. Well, for more information about our guests tonight, you can follow them on Twitter. Uh, Denise Donlin is at Donlin. Sure, that would make her. Are a doctor? <laughs> Based on uh, yeah. Based on the book, I feel like your father would be proud of that.
3: He would. My dad. Yeah.
2: Be a don. What is it?
3: Be a Donline. Be a Donline. That's what he when used to When I was say. whitey, and cried. Uh, be a Don.
2: You can follow April at AP Alirmo. and Sandy says she's more active on Instagram, so follow her at I am Sandy Miranda, which is also your Twitter handle. So whatever, do what you got to do. Also, you can follow me at Vishkana and the Long Winter Festival at Long Winter To. I can't thank all of you enough for being here and uh, for for watching the show and working on the show and that's it. That's our show. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well.